That's not talk. <laughs> Welcome back to Trends with Friends. This is our 16th episode. Uh, we have Steve Straza in for JC Peretz. Who Howard, the JC Godfather, Linzen. Straz. In New York. And Phil Perlman. Welcome, boys. How are we doing? Stra- good, good, good. Where's Straza today? Uh, Key West. Honored to be here with you guys. Nice. Oh, yeah. Key West, you guys don't have the orange sky like they do up in Manhattan, do you? No, it's orange for a different reason, if anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm in Manhattan today. It's smoky. The uh, I think the ha- there's fires in uh, Canada. You Are know, we looking at the chart right now, or do we have the full screen? Like, we don't need to be looking at charts yet, right? Shouldn't be. Okay. <laughs> So welcome, boys. All right, we're going to get right into it. SEC, I want to start with the SEC, not charts. Uh, Phil, there's some behavioral stuff going on. Generally, right now, um, yeah, we can take a look at Bitcoin. I don't know. This will go out in a couple of days. Bitcoin. Let's not look at charts now. Let's look at uh, everybody's beautiful face. What's happening? The charts shouldn't be up. Really interesting, guys. I've listened to both. I've, I've been talking about say 20 30 uh, venture capitalist managers obviously you can watch people trade bitcoin and ethereum and coinbase in real time and and binance and um it's interesting to me because gensler's kind of saying it's just political so this morning he was saying that um you've got three digit you got enough digital currencies us is digital euros digital yen's digital so that's not securities a lot of that's just like policy political policy he said that Gensler said yeah, that. yeah yeah I shared the clip he he said it on whatever Slim Jim show not Kramer the other guy is a sellout the New York Times guy but anyways the um so so obviously there's securities issues right uh Matt Levine people should just read Matt Levine he explains most of these shit coins were securities the VCs came up with this saft you know this way to get around to being security by like saying you're going to hold these for a year and you know the tokens were sold to accredited investors and venture capitalists and hedge funds you know and the year winds down and it was a nice scam uh no offense to everybody involved but it was a nice scam you get to uh skirt the securities regulation matt levine goes through it all. i don't want to argue the the legal of it because what matters is the sec you're now fighting the government so Binance, if people have money at Binance after FTX, you know, good luck. Um, Coinbase got SEC approval to go public. Again, that doesn't mean anything other than they got approval. Uh, You know, buyer beware on these stocks. But now uh, things are a little bit different. So technically and behaviorally, knowing kind of this the 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 market let's go through it just try to start with you on the technicals here like no. bitcoin um looks you know i don't you know shouldn't be much lower considering ftx government just basically says stop doing this and um you know coinbase is going to be under this cloud for a couple of years so two things on what you just said i just closed my binance account uh, moved everything. That's probably out. just smart. If you still have your money in Binance, like you're just taking this extra risk. So I realized the only reason I had it anyways was to trade those crazy coins that we were trading for fun because they had crazy names in 2020 yeah. and 2021. Because yeah. Binance listed them when nobody else would. That's sure. Never got the account. 
Um, but I do feel safe, like from a consumer standpoint, well, I think it's crazy what the SEC is doing to Coinbase. Uh, from a consumer standpoint, like money is safe. Like I don't worry about the Bitcoin and Ethereum that I own through Coinbase. Do you think people should? Are you I'd... pulling it into cold storage? I mean, that's what I... No. no, because think about it. Like if if the SEC wants to go after Coinbase and doesn't want them to operate as an exchange or a brokerage in the US... They still got to honor the money, but they could be creating a run. So for the stock, it's definitely... You know, you can see the stock. I mean, I don't know if we have a chart of the Coinbase, but you can see the stock looks... No completely less healthy than Bitcoin does or Ethereum. I'm out of the stock also uh, because for me, it's it's easy. I never thought it would come to this. I know a lot of people are saying this week, like this was obvious. We saw it coming. I didn't really see it coming. Uh, mm. I didn't think it would be this aggressive after a company like Coinbase who tries to do the right thing. I think that's fair. But for mm. me, like from an investment standpoint, it's simple. I don't want to be long a company that the SEC is coming after or doesn't even want to exist. Like that's there are, better, there are better trades. That's just a crazy... Yeah. I mean, if you're, I agree. I agree. Just, you know, I own a few shares, but like, I don't recommend it. Yeah. I so, totally agree. What about the price action based on all this though? Like Coinbase is down good. Binance is down good, but Bitcoin bounced back. Like Bitcoin was fine. Um, government can't really close Bitcoin to come after them. No, there's enough just locked away that obviously, like I said, based on FTX and all this news, the fact that it's, you know, 100% off its lows um, is, it's, yeah, I don't know if it's impressive or not impressive, but it just is. And so behaviorally, the people that own Bitcoin treat it like gold at this point, you know, whether it can go up or down, I think a lot depends on, on clarity. But, you know, in talking to the VC funds that were, you know, social leverage invests in a bunch of funds. I have personal capital and some funds. So I use that as my proxy. Obviously, I have investment in eToro and I own some Ross. So I'm overexposed indirectly to crypto. And there's a lot of different responses. You know, um, tokens were never interesting to me. We had a lot of fun talking about NFTs, but not interesting to me. Um, you know, today I make a piece of generative art for each blog post on mid journey. And that actually is theoretically, if I minted it to the blockchain, that would be an NFT, but I still don't get why I would do that because I have no intention of selling them. So, you know, AI is in many ways allowing us to create extra unique pieces of, of art, but like, again, doesn't, I don't, I don't make that final connection where I have to take it to the next step and put some utility in it and then sell it to a greater fool. Uh, maybe that maybe I'm missing that last leg and that'll be the euphoric place that we all go to. But right now it's just fun. Um, I shared a piece and everybody said I look like Phil. You know, I, I asked AI uh, Midjourney to draw a picture of me uh, at 65 years old uh, wearing the Google uh, Vision. I mean, the Apple Vision. And it was funny because it did look like Phil. But um, the that. And I was scared to type in 85 because I didn't know if AI would assume I was dead or alive, right? So, so I think we're like, from a technological perspective, um, you know, we're in this weird phase where like no one cares about crypto right now. And so I just don't know. I mean, technically, I, I just don't care. Phil, like behaviorally, Phil, what, like, what, what should people expect? So, so there's a couple of things. Number one, we are all myopic. We're all looking at very short term. 
So if the government or Gensler or whatever is saying some bad things or whatever, everybody gets obsessed with that in a very, very myopic, short-term point of view. Nobody's able to see. And so with Bitcoin anyway, and I can't speak, I mean, Bitcoin's complicated enough. I'm not going to speak to any of the other you know, shit coins or NFTs or whatever. But with Bitcoin, the people, you know, the 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 thesis is a visionary thesis. It's a very long-term point of view. You can't print more Bitcoin. It's a finite currency. You can always print more dollars. And so, you know, the guys, like what you were saying, the rich guys who are holding it, the sailors of the world, they're in. They're in for the long-term and they're not thinking about these speed bumps along the way. So I think that it's very difficult for the average schmo to not get all caught up in the news cycle and what did Gensler say and everything. But I think if your thesis is that long-term macro fundamental thesis, you don't care about Gensler. That's one thing. Number two, I just want to point out that, um, that Bitcoin has been incredibly resilient price-wise. And so, you know, we're all students of price here. And Mm -hmm. if you are looking at resilience, how does something bounce back? How does something hang in there? I mean, this this has had everything thrown at it that you could have thrown at it since FTX, even before FTX price started coming in, right? Since it hit 60, had another crash, whatever, I don't even remember where the bottom was, whether it was like 17 or 14 or 13 or whatever, but it's come back. And so it's still in the, even with so much getting thrown at it, it's in the twenties. And if you're, if you, if you're playing the long game, again, here's what you do. Turn off the news, you turn off the, you know, the social media news noise feed, you find somebody you enjoy spending time with and you go for a walk. You forget about all this nonsense. <laughs> you have no one. Shout out to the little schmo, by the way. But uh, I, think you, I think you're assuming too much. We're all going to have on Apple glasses and no one's going to have anybody to walk with. But that's that's a segue. To that, that might be a later part of this conversation. No, segue from crypto to the apps, like from one uh, to the apples. Segue, let's segue from the inanimate to the fully animate, which is Apple. You're right, though, Phil. Crypto, in fact, tends to Bitcoin tends to bottom out on bad news headlines with a little shakeout. We saw it in Q1 and then rip higher. Uh, and that's what Mark this chart up for. I just want to add on the Bitcoin thing. If you're a believer in Bitcoin, Phil, on the long term vision, all these little news things that should bring it down, that should solidify your belief even more. Yeah, I'm saying all the people that have it in storage and I haven't forgotten their code. This is not news that will shit. This will news will embolden them. You have Gensler basically endorsing the fact that the world has enough digital assets. He didn't say don't, and he, you know, in a way, endorse Bitcoin because he's not calling it a security, right? And in a way, he almost endorsed Ethereum because they're not being called. So basically, he's already added two new global currencies. So he didn't say that, but what he did say is yen, euro. U.S. dollars are digital, even though they're not digital. He's saying they're digital because uh, even though banks are failing, you can move your digital your your digital uh, dollars and euros around. 
Um, not sure if I trust that guy Gensler, by the way. I was going to say, he's trying to protect the fiat system yeah. is what he's trying no, to do. No, it's political now. But he, but, I think he's a little shifty. He's got a little shifty. Yeah, but a little shifty. But he, what, what he's saying today is political, not... Matt Levine sums it up very well. You, we People should just read Matt. I mean, he's a lawyer. He worked for Goldman. He's we'll link it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the end, he describes it. Listen, I'm not going to... He's unemotional. He's funny. But he also understands law. And an ICO is a fucking token. And, and the SAFT, which everybody should read about, which was Andreessen and everybody were doing. And obviously, I own some Solana, luckily, through an indirect investment. I didn't know what... We were cheering them on. But at the same time, they were a workaround to what uh, the SEC went after with ICOs. That was their solution to ICOs. The next version of this will be closer to a better version because, you know, you don't, the, people have now been fooled twice, right? Or, or, this, or, this, or the, or the uh, Joe Schmo has been fooled twice by ICOs and now shit coins. The next time around, you know, there'll be- Are we recording this? I hope so. Why, is there a problem, Philly? I'm just making sure we're recording it because I don't see the, I don't see the record. Okay, Giancarlo, you're the man. I, I shouldn't have, shouldn't have doubted. I just freaked out when I saw no recording. So, so like I said, the people that want it, want it. The people, uh, but it's not going to go really higher until there's, until either the macro changes or there's, or there's use cases beyond it just being a digital type of gold and, and storage facility, which is fine. Like that's the narrative for Bitcoin right now. The narrative for Ethereum is the government's not gonna be able to take that money back. It's too late to call it a security. And there's more, more than one use case, which is as you know, a freeway for other apps to be built on. But anyways, let's segue to Apple. Yeah. Uh, Phil, you were gonna talk about the, the vision. There's great, there's two great reads. There's Ben Hunt, which is free. Uh, there's a lot of YouTubers that unpack this stuff that had, but you know, my general take, and then I'll let Phil take it away, was that I can afford it. I get it. It's kind of stupid. I don't want the the quest because I've read enough about the quest. It's, it doesn't even compare to what Apple's launched. And you know, if I'm on a planes, trains, automobile, Uber uh, by myself, why not strap it on, catch up with content? uh relax zen out shut my eyes especially if i can see the world around me so it has a use case uh, it's a luxury item the high price is a feature not a bug uh but phil you're going to chime in on on psychological and social yeah so here's the thing we have to make a distinction between apple as an investment and this new uh uh the the, the goggles as a uh, as good for us or bad for us, or a social good or a social bad. As an investment, it may be great. I have no opinion there. Uh, my my gut is is it's incredible, but I think from a cultural point of view, this is not a good development. And I think there is a I think there is a huge battle going on between the tech behemoths, right? Amazon, Meta, Google, Apple. I don't know, maybe something Musk is involved with, maybe a couple more that I'm forgetting, maybe NVIDIA or whatever, maybe Altman's thing. And that is the battle for our brain, right? We are, they are all, they all understand how our brains work, how the neurotransmitters work, how we get addicted, 
and, and how to get our attention. They're all fighting for that. They're all fighting for our brain. And we had, you know, the desktop, the laptop, the phone. Now we have the goggles. The next step will be the brain chip. You know, once they get a, a chip in your noggin, that will be the final step. And they're all fighting for your attention and for your brain. And that is great for these companies, maybe great for the stock and your pocketbook if you're invested, but it's terrible for your brain. It's terrible for you as a human being because you are subverting, you're giving up your attention. You're giving up the, the moments that you have alive that are finite in this universe to the tech companies. And yep. so my point of view is put your phone down, uh, especially during the weekends, push off getting one of these unless you absolutely need one for your business, these goggles, you know, you use your phone for business. That's great. Maybe for a little bit of pleasure and then put it in a drawer during the weekends or at, you know, for hours at a time during the day, even during the week and take your attention back, take your minutes back, take your time back and, and enjoy your life and live your life. And I think this is another step. Now they're putting this, you know, right on your face and then the next thing is going to be the chip in your brain. Um, it's really in your brain already. It's point. in your brain already. They are battling for your brain. Google yeah. versus Apple versus Meta, et cetera, et cetera. Battle for your brain, people. Meta's Bill. calling it social. Oh. Apple Apple never invested in social. Obviously, Apple message. But Apple's Facebook's attempt is making it social uh, so you can spam each other. Apple's is like solitude um because it's very personal item both the phone and the watch um they're right, letting the watch the forgot buy. that too you're right yeah the watch, so it's very too. personal the glance at the watch uh your data uh if you share it it's on somebody else's third party app or on iMessage and um it's it's but I mean again now let's get back to the the charts so Steve let's take it away and rip through some I mean it is just another sign that tech is I think, I think, what is it, like six or seven stocks of the last 30 years were tech stocks. Charlie had a great chart. And I think if we look forward 10 years, 30 of the 30 biggest companies will be tech stocks. And I think if you rip through the charts, you probably wanted to, Street Steve, let's get to them. Uh, we can see where the trends are. I think the weird thing, too, like, Phil, is like, what does this look like in five, 10 years? Are we actually leaving our house with these things on our head? Because if no. we're at home with them, aren't we already just staring at? Yeah, if you have a Steve, if you have a pair of Beats, you already are. If you have a pair of AirPods and a watch, you already are. They're just. If you see somebody wearing huge Prada shoes or wearing an ugly Versace crazy hat, they're already or, living or, in the metaverse. They're already living in the metaverse without tech, right? They're they're look at me, look at me. They're just not wearing goggles. Um, Rather and by the time everybody has them, because they won't, because they're $3,000, they'll look more like what I'm wearing. They'll look more like glasses. So, you know, I'd rather the technology be in charge by Apple than Facebook. Uh, so that's the battle of social. Um, but yeah, you like Phil says, there's just, there's definitely a, this tips over further in the loneliness uh, section, but let's rip through the chart. So, so yeah. Bitcoin, we've covered what was next. My first, you know, thought about all of this is, and you know, I'll only talk about my chart thoughts here because when I watched the presentation, I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. Really neat. Um, 
So I'm very excited about it, but isn't it priced in? So this yeah. Apple chart, we're back to all-time highs. Yep. You know, uh, as crazy of a bear market as it's been, biggest stock in the world's making new all-time highs. I think a lot of this hype and you know excitement about revenues that aren't revenues at all yet. I heard this isn't going to be sold until like Q1 of next year. They'll yep. miss the holiday quarter too. Yep. It's going to take a while until this. Numbers you know, wouldn't have been huge anyway, Steve, because of delivery and the price point. So they wouldn't have been huge. It would have been drawn a lot of traffic to the stores, though. So, yes, they aren't going to get that pull. Probably more because of supply chain issues than demand, I would think. People are going to, people who don't care to spend three grand on virtual reality goggles, they're going to go buy this because they know it's going to be 10 times better than Meta's. And it's probably yeah. priced rather appropriately. But yeah, if we're sure. looking at this chart, though, Steve, I mean, kind of some sideways action here right under this 180 level which is all-time highs like Logical that level. seems that seems like a, a healthy price action move before it resolves higher right you can't get through it and you're right like the trends are so strong in growth and tech right now but like these are the kinds of things we're seeing so this is i guess their new competitor uh meta who has the other headset seven consecutive up months wow. the 10 years of this after company, what like 10 consecutive down months pretty much yeah, and this has been a secular leader for ever since coming public. The stock's been incredible. It's never had a run like this. Yeah, me never had seven months so good. So no, I gave up. Yeah, I sold it way too early. Yeah. And then, like, let's look at the uh, poster child of the whole AI thing, right? Nvidia. You can't ask these stocks to do much more, at least over like a short-term time frame or, or on a tactical basis, right? I think a lot of the hype is priced in. NVIDIA actually does have numbers to show for it, right? Like they are selling the chips that power the companies that are trying to get into AI or building platforms and products and services with AI. So NVIDIA does have AI sales, but Apple and Meta, you know, I guess Meta sold its quest before, but Apple, this is brand new. Yeah, I would say that SMH, which you, I don't know if you had in there, I was out for dinner with Van Eck yesterday, I said, hello, Phil. He didn't really say hello, but I'm telling you that so you don't feel bad. The- John. Uh, Ellen, did he say hello to Phil? Oh, Ellen says he did. So uh, we have a guest in the room with their feet up. Ellen, shout out to Ellen. Ellen, I'm going to see you this weekend, sister. Okay, relax. Ow. There's a show going on. The uh, yeah. So talk about the sheer size of Apple's business, though. No, let's talk about the SMH, which is so. Listen to this, though. He said, anyways, no one's listening. But anyways, nine billion. Some probably more than 10% of their assets, you know, they own the SMH and uh, ticker, yep. semiconductors holdings, 9 billion. Right. Um, like that is the new, that is the new QQQ in many ways. I think the it's video. the largest semiconductor ETF too, Howard, right? Because there's a lot of semiconductor ETFs and SMH. Oh, so which is the biggest semiconductor ETF? I'm, I'm saying I think it's SMH. I don't yeah. know. Oh, for sure. For sure. What a great. So he gets good flow. So what is he saying? It just he just shy. He goes, you can't deny that that has become like a bellwether ETF. Well, right? it makes sense. Like a lot of people, they call it modern Dow theory. And I guess the argument there is like people used to look at Dow transports to confirm the price action wow. at the index level. For Interesting. Dow, yeah. Charles Dow. And th there's a school of thought and a lot of you know brilliant technicians are believers in this, that you don't use transports anymore. That was the old. Why economy. would you use transports? Uber is truly the only transport that matters because it's human. Wow. It's, it's physical. But yeah, I agree with that. So you're saying as, as semis are the new semis QQQ or semi spy? Uh, I would. You can't treat QQQ as the broader market. You would do yeah. semi spy, right? Because I want to know what all stocks are doing, not just growth. Wow. 
Semis are the so way. this like 150-ish level, if it gets up to new all-time highs, it's like incredible. I'm just looking at the chart now. It's amazing. Again, as overvalued as NVIDIA is, we have other problems. Listen, if this is a truly vicious bear market, and let's be honest, if it is vicious, what would be the most vicious thing it could do right here is Apple hits all-time highs or approached it and got turned away. And as NVIDIA screamed to all-time highs, uh, a vicious bear market here, and there are reasons to believe this could be a trap, uh, you know, the war, uh, interest rates, um, you know, government, uh, you know, the, the shrinking world in terms of borders shrinking up and in terms of government exerting more power over the people than maybe ever, in, even in the United States. What a great time for, you know, thank God time wrote the end of humanity because that's actually bullish. Um, but, you know, uh, what a great time for a pullback. But, I mean, you look at NVIDIA and that gap, I don't know. That would be evil if the market, if they filled that gap and then just went back down to 240, that's pretty evil. We, that would be pretty evil. We're not seeing it. Uh, I hear you, but like. No, I'm saying, like, I don't believe that either, but that's what a bear market would do right here. Here's what we would be looking for. Like, if we were headed for some sort of crash or even like some deep sort of corrective action, the leaders, the worst stocks and the worst indexes would be leading that party lower, right? right. They would be breaking down first. Uh, violating key support, resolving lower from bearish patterns. So we look at like these two charts more than any any other financials. Okay. We all know Good what point. happened to yeah. banks and small caps have been really bad. But starting yeah. really late last week, really Friday, uh, these guys are picking up the slack. Yeah. So if you look at the daily action and tech and growth today, there's some really ugly candles in the best stocks. But then look at small caps and what they've done this week. They're ripping. Yeah. So we're getting yeah. that rotation. This is just bull market stuff. And yeah, I'm with you. I'm just saying, I don't don't get me wrong. I just want to lean to, to remind people that that are chasing right here. Uh, you, if there's a healthy bull market, you'll get some rotation fear, which will give you some prices. So yeah. if you chase, like people are doing, they're not going to be able to buy the dip, and they'll be selling the dips, and you know. The problem that most people have is because they got the people that get in trouble is they they get this opinion where they got to beat the market all the time. So they got short and then you can't get your head straight to find the next bull market. And, you know, a bull market, according to JC, has been going on over a year or nine months and you don't have to catch the bottom. So if we're entering a new bull market, it's early days, even, you know, even if you started tomorrow, um, it's early days. But if you're still in that negative mindset, uh, I just want to point at the negatives for people are, who are like me, who have been scaling in over the last two, three months, um, that if this is a bear yeah. and interest rates are high, and like I said, there are some things that are tricky out there. What would happen right now is is would, would be soul crushing. What you're saying is look at the financials, look at the semis, and they're very healthy. Bill, would you say all that negative stuff is the wall of worry that we could potentially yeah. lead us higher? There's so much. There's so much negativity out there. It's a. It's a total comedy. The I mean, end of just, humanity. Everybody's the end of. It's the end of humanity. And like, I just talked about it. There is. There is a shot to humanity. Suicide amongst kids. High. Uh, loneliness. Obesity. Metabolic illness is just off the charts. Depression yeah. all across. Loneliness, as you pointed out, uh, what's his name's piece? Ben's piece. Hair loss. Look at us, Phil. Hair oh, loss. Hair loss is brutal. Hey, I want to give a couple shout outs. Um, number one, uh, uh, number one and two, I want to give a shout out to JC while he's not here. Shout out to you, JC, and also to my boy, Jeff Hirsch, because those guys got bullish. 
even so long ago, last they they got they got bullish in 2022. Mm-hmm. Said the bull market was starting there. So I just want to give them a shout out. Also, Mr. Lindzen, you're so modest that you would never do this yourself. You'd never take any kind of victory lap yourself. But I'm really excited to see you this weekend. And I just wanted to give you props. My boy Howie made a freaking movie. Made a movie. And not only did he make a movie, he made a he made a uh, 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 he made a documentary uh, about the Bitcoin uh, uh, about the Dogecoin millionaire. It's an, an amazing. I've seen parts of it already, but it's premiering. It was accepted to and is premiering this Saturday at the Tribeca Film Festival in New York City, center of the universe. Come on, and uh, dude, ma. I'll see you this weekend. Uh, me and uh, me and Michelle will be there. Really excited about it. And Michelle Obama or your wife? For it. Michelle, Michelle my wife. My much better half. We'll be there. We'll be just like, we'll be clapping a little awkwardly too loud. And yeah. we'll just half be a like, gummy. I, have, know, I, have, I have one word for you. Half a gummy. Half a gummy. Yeah. <laughs> not a full. Dude, I'm clean it's as a whistle. not a full gummy I'm movie. So, I'm clean a as a whistle. I drink, I drink, uh, I drink, um, you know, diet Gatorade. That's my. Here's what's that's cool about it. Here's what's cool about it. And Ellen and I are here, and the kids are coming in. By the way, Max will be the only one in a tuxedo because he thinks it's like a thing. And so I told Max to wear a tuxedo, but he'll be the only one in one. Uh, but here's the here's the cool thing: is that uh, didn't make the movie. Obviously, helped fund it and raise money. And then I think I think what's exciting about it is we shaped the movie because I originally got pitched the movie is a GameStop movie. And I was, I remember getting the pitch and I was like, dude, there's no movie here. That's not a story. Right. So, so he spent six months doing a GameStop movie, Chris. And then he called me back and says, no, nah, you're right. It's a fear and greed story here. And during that time he had started, he found this Dogecoin guy. Uh, and I said, now you're on to something. This is an app. This is a digital uh, uh, reminiscence of a stock operator this is the digital this is the closest we'll get to tulips is what we got in 2021 2022 with elon musk and dogecoin and saturday night live and we've got it all covered so i think it's the most important thing about this is educational there's never been a better more important time to educate people about what just happened and use it as a a way to learn how to read markets which is what Strauss is doing here by explaining how to look at markets which is Stop looking at the headlines, end of humanity, uh, NVIDIA going to the moon, and start understanding the structure of how money moves. And um, it's not easy, but you, there, there are shortcuts. And kind of, and by shortcuts, I mean not tricks, just shortcuts, following other people doing the work. And and those other people doing the work are the people that make up these charts, right? The price and volume, actually, you know, the people buying and selling that lead to these charts. But uh, it is pretty cool. All right. So next chart. Next. Thanks. Thanks, Phil. Next chart. Studying the behavior of market participants. Well, I'm saying like Phil and I, like, any RIA that's 60, 40, 70, 30, you know, as, as social leverage, our fund starts to invest more capital and wealth management, the way we see wealth management. It's hard to, it's, the VCs have come into wealth management thinking it's about assets under management. That, that becomes a commodity. What becomes not a commodity is good advice. And good advice is not about what stocks to buy. Good advice is about staying in the market and controlling your emotion. 
And the best way to control emotion is to have people talk calmly about how the markets work and market structure and about to keep you in the market so you're not reading headlines saying the if you read headlines on your own that says the end of humanity and 10 minutes later you know nothing about the market some guy calls you and talks about buying apple uh it's going to affect your you know your behavior and part of the reason that everybody's so negative and so anxious is because it's this constant stream of uh of negative uh, news flow that people are obsessed with and, you know, have their face in all the time. How much bad sentiment comes down to people just missing it and being angry? It really feels like, a, at least in like the early innings of a news cycle, that's what it, it, it seems that way. The headlines are, we've been saying this for weeks, Steve, the headlines are going to be terrible for a while. Our um, earnings divisions are moving. With rates through. at 6%, JP Morgan, Jamie Dimon comes on TV and says, oh, I see him going to 8%. Like these are people... You know, they're not going to be good because they don't need to be good. He already controls all the money. He just bought First Republic and is digesting a $5 billion profit. Like, what does he care what people are thinking? Um, so you have to learn how to read these tea leaves. And you're saying the tea leaves are good. So what's this next chart on 13? What was the 13th? I'm ready to do DraftKings. Um, okay, so hang on. Well, no, but okay, yeah. this, yeah. So, so well, let's talk about DraftKings. But let's first go to... Let's talk about DraftKings after I show the days. Go down to a couple, go down to the next chart and then we'll come back just to DraftKings. So this is, people, we've been talking about this LVMH economy and the degenerate economy. Here, here's something that sums up the degenerate economy. Forgetting the news, let's just look at the price and market cap of three companies, Robinhood. Forgetting execution for a minute because Robinhood has done a terrible job executing as a public company. But still, that's 15 million young people that care about the markets at some level versus the market cap of Coinbase, which two years ago did $4 billion in, in earnings and cash flow and DraftKings, which is literally, let's be honest, that's like just green, red, green, red betting uh, and a business that has to, God bless them, they're really smart people, has, is basically, has no margin. Right, like they're selling a commodity product, a flow, order flow of a of a thing. DraftKings, with yesterday's news, passed uh, or is right there equal in market cap to Coinbase, which has a hundred million accounts. Uh, and so now, so this this is really interesting. This goes to the mood, right? This goes to the psychology of like people being excited about DraftKings. Maybe they should, and technically they should. But also the the people not understanding, if you look at Bitcoin and the fact that there are going to be digital currencies, whether the SEC gets their way short term or not, there's such negative sentiment towards uh, Coinbase that uh, they both can be interesting investments. But now let's go to your DraftKings. Well, DraftKings looks technically phenomenal. Who, who takes over the space? Right now, four or five people I talk to use Coinbase to buy and sell Bitcoin. If the government's really going to come after them and Coinbase isn't going to be around in the future, who, who takes that over or is it nobody? The four big banks. The four big banks. Really think so. That's not something Robinhood could sneak its way into? It couldn't because the customer doesn't trust them. And you're talking about a different level of deposit. I mean, if Robinhood had done... You know a better job of going up wallet share 
and built a bigger trust level just around their core product be easier for them to move into crypto. So no, the mantle would be open. Robinhood's an $8 billion market cap with like 5 billion in cash. I'm just saying that DraftKings being worth more than Robinhood is a very big statement about sentiment and about how silly short-term market behavior can be. And that the America, my point is about the general economy, Americans right now are valuing, or the world is valuing gambling a gambling app at a higher price than an investing and trading app. I mean, and that's crazy to me. Casinos are on fire, man. It's the whole space. Yeah. It's, it's the whole space, but DraftKing has very low margin and is battling commodity other products. Okay, so go up to DraftKings and I'll just walk through the technicals. I would love to. They am long DraftKings, but just walk it through. Listen, the reason I brought this one along really is because I did like a lunch and learn um, presentation the other day where I talked about the characteristics of a bullish base. Like a lot of the um, charts that we want to be buying and stocks that we're talking about these days, they all look the same. These patterns yeah. look very similar. This looks a lot like the NASDAQ or the S&P, right? So there's four things really uh, that we've identified that most of the trades that are working for us have. It's the 200 day moving average, which is, is shown here. And I've color coded it based on its slope. You want it to turn nice. It's nice turn. one, Straz. Uh, because sometimes you can't tell because these 200 days are so flat these days. I'm like looking at it, you know, squinting my eyes. So I just color coded it. So now. Nice wrinkle. I like it. The August highs are actually falling off. It's just a math thing. They're, the, when the August highs fall off the 200 days, some of them are flipping negative again. But it's just it's just bad math, really. So trying to ignore that needs to be sloping higher you want price above it you want to be above like this little line in the sand here and have some sort of clear level that we can lean against and know where we're wrong and know where we're out for most stocks it's the august highs uh right here the first red arrow most have like year-to-date pivot highs also <clears throat> in the case of DraftKings, i think this is like a february high and then the momentum regime like this is how we analyze momentum it's the daily rsi 14 it's pinning overbought readings, which is characteristic of an uptrend, you know, mm -hmm. uh, readings north of 70 over and over and over again. And then when it corrects, even as importantly, it's not really falling below 50, right? Mm -hmm. You know, in bear markets, you see this fall below 30 consistently. Uh, uh, yeah, as you saw, as you saw it in 2021, 22. Yeah. Look at the way it's been, it's been ripping this year. And then when it corrects, it barely moves lower, right? It's like really resilient, these high and tight um, corrective legs. And you're right, Howard, like, that's why it's color-coded red in 2021. It's consistently hitting oversold, oversold, oversold. This is what momentum looks like in a downtrend. Yeah. Like an uptrend. And then the relative trend, right? We want to buy leaders. We want to buy outperformers. DraftKings breaking out of a very similar pattern versus the S&P 500, telling us to expect more outperformance in the future. So yeah. I just was a great example uh, of- but A lot of the gambling stocks, and that's where I go to the gender economy. We don't have to judge it, but people are going to get their fix. And yeah. while the government's fixated on hating uh, or the political uh, uh, turmoil around crypto, they could care less that kids are parlaying weekend bets all day, every day on sports. They could care less. And they um, did care about this. They tried to hilarious. kill for years. They tried to kill DraftKings for years. So There's literally not a day that goes by at TPC that somebody doesn't talk about like a five-game parlay that they're running. Yeah. It's I'm so stupid. Absurd. So stupid when they could be putting 40 that same 40 bucks in Apple or the S&P every day. So silly. And the government's just fine with it. And now you go to a, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's what you got to get over. 
this is why I don't watch the news. Every time I do, I'm just sad because it's like, look what we're arguing over, whether uh, saving people from shit coins so they can put their money on DraftKings, uh, not educating people about, listen, people, look for the upward slending businesses and, and ride them. Uh, I think I'm done. We, we don't have to talk about this. It's top, The two things can be true quickly. Top heavy, this mm-hmm. market is top heavy, yep. but there's a reason it's top heavy. These aren't fake companies. These companies, if you own the top seven companies in the world right now, Apple, Tesla, Google, you are so diversified. You are so diversified globally and via profits that owning a DraftKings almost makes no sense because it's not profitable. Or owning Coinbase or owning anything or owning McDonald's even. Owning these seven companies, yeah, so you don't own food, basically. And food's the shittiest low-margin business anyways. But owning these companies is makes sense now granted that could be the top but this is a different digital era and even though history repeats if you own the biggest companies this time you own a bananas amount of cash flow profits and global diversification and that's why it's working like it isn't broken i mean you know that the environment can't be too bad if the biggest thing that bears are complaining about these days is that the best companies are going up the most. Yeah, that's a good point too. This is extremely bullish action because what they are complaining about is the thing they should be praising this time. Yes. When Fang was running, uh, the first go, this is what makes this one hard because usually history doesn't repeat and Fang led the last bull market and kind of they're leading again. Uh, and that usually isn't the case. So so I understand it, but at the same time, they are complaining about the wrong thing because these are profitable, cash-flowing, global diversified business. Howard, one more chart. This one yep. uh, really illustrates what you're talking about. Apple is like 10 companies in one, and nobody talks about that anymore. So this is a bar chart, and in blue, purple, and green, these are Apple's three non-core businesses, uh, annual sales. So I'm talking about not the iPhone, and not services, which are massive. I think it's like 80 billion annual run rate. This is uh, in blue, wearables <laughs> and accessories. So that's watch, uh, it will be the goggles and AirPods. Then purple, Mac revenue, green iPads. All of them are bigger than Netflix's total annual revenue. Apple's three smallest um, revenue departments. Wow. Just amazing. It's, it's a, amazing. It's own universe. All right, anything else here to add? I mean, let's end with golf. Listen, the golf thing. Let me comment because I spent some time with Ben Hunt and, you know, he's he's had that tagline, burn it the fuck down, and he doesn't really mean it. He's not a nihilist, and I'm not a nihilist. Nobody here is a nihilist. We're optimists. But, oh, my God, between the Twitter files, like that, the lawyers of Twitter came out this week and said, eh, the government didn't really do anything. The actual lawyers of Twitter came out and said Elon Musk was lying. Okay, you got that. You have... This Monaghan guy, I didn't even know his name a week ago, but you knew the PGA was fucked. This guy sold his soul. Uh, or was he, either way, this guy, and we'll talk about that quickly. Then you have Gensler acting as you know president, basically, at this point. Um, there is a lot to be upset about. Uh, I talked to my son who's in the PGA program. He's like, ah, it's good for, it's good for, you know, it's good for the PGA. It's good. You know, his young people who work at the PGA, they're happy. Obviously, you now 
Riley were saying, oh, I'm getting paid by the, the Saudis. You're not really, it's nothing you've done wrong or getting paid by the Saudis. It's all blood money. Like, what is the mood at, at TPC, which is all PGA employees? Or nobody's happy. They're all blindsided by this. Like, you got to think, these aren't people who are making decisions. And, like, they they were proud of the fact that, like, PGA players didn't go to live. And then especially you hear, like, guys like James Hahn and whatnot talk about this. Like, they're they're pissed. I mean. Yeah. Well, how should they be thinking about this, though, from a practical human perspective? I, I have no take. I, I really couldn't care less. I mean, I like the majors. I like watching golf. This the the politics is just poisonous, and it is infecting every global politics, and it's just infecting every area, every mode of experience. And now it's in sports. I, I don't even want to know. I, I'm just ignoring the whole thing. You guys have a take. It's interesting. Whatever. It's oh, great. It just, it's great whatever. for the amateur game. That's that's what I'll say. Is it's great. For Why the are you saying game. that? I think it's yes. bad for the amateurs. Could have gone to live. No, amateurs could have gone to live, and now they only got one choice again. No, but they, they stay out of the politics. You can play as an amateur, accept name, image, and likeness deals, and yeah. live your life without having to succumb to the PGA Tour and, and kind of live in this world. Hopefully you can go do whatever happen. you want. We're a long way from that, but that's interesting. Okay. All right, let's end it. Boys, Straz, a good job. All right, good fellas, fun. great to see you. Straz, great to have you here with us, bro. Nice. This was fun. Thanks, fellas. Adios. Adios. Adios.